all-new, crisp, cool, refreshing Cano Tambos. A complete affordable library of tambourine loops from 50 to 154 beats per minute. Pop the top and add instant life and dynamics to any mix. Used by the top producers, engineers, and recording artists of today. Simply drag and drop. With multiple bit depths and sample rates to choose from, you'll never have to record another tambourine again. Visit canotambos.com. That's C-A-N-O-T-A-M-B-O-S.com and enter promo code Turned Up. One word, Turned Up, for 20% off. Canotambos. And I'll just start this. Are you there? Hey, hey. I'm over here. I'm down here on the blue track. And this is one of the most um, prominent conspiracy theories out there. It is just a run-of-the-mill, you're just everyday neighborhood uh, gang retaliation murder. Broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, offering a glimpse inside the music industry, shedding light on things they don't want you to know, and exposing some of the industry's biggest secrets. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast, presented by Real Sound Productions. Here are your hosts, Jake Jones. Guess what day it is? And Robert Venable. Oh, I was going to say hump day, but I don't think it is. No, it's, it's Monday. Hump day. Yeah, that is a, that's an homage to uh, the the re- the radio DJs John Jay and Rich, based out of Phoenix, Arizona. They do a little hump day skit on the radio show. Which Phoenix holds a special place in your heart because I found it on the map. I also used to live there. There you go. <laughs> that's where I started my music, my professional music career. That's where you worked with, you know, like DMX, Rough Riders, D12, Megadeth. Just a couple of no names. Uh, oh, and uh, hung out in the studio with Taylor Swift and didn't even know it. Well, I knew I was hanging out with Taylor Swift. I didn't know who Taylor Swift was, who he or she was. But I knew that after the fact that that was her. Didn't you think it was a, a like a boy? I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know if Taylor Swift was a boy or a girl. I had no idea. Um, and I, as soon as she left the studio, I texted my wife and said, Hey, whoever Taylor Swift was, she was just here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you haven't already noticed, you have butt clicked the podcast <laughs> link to Turned Up Podcast, and you are listening to season two, episode four. And you are trapped. <laughs> <laughs> and we are talking about music conspiracies today. I just want to know one thing. Tell me. Who done it? I don't know or didn't do it. Because it's a conspiracy and we don't know yet. But we'll get into that in front of me, ladies and gentlemen, and other creatures. We've got the one, the only, the fabulous Jacob Penelope Jones. How did you know my middle name? It's on all of your underwear. Oh, what? You let me borrow them once. Mm-hmm. I don't, that was you, right? Maybe? I don't think that was me. That one time? Never trust a fart. Anyway, (laughs) Jake Jones, man, you're one of my best friends in the world. You're a good guy, like extremely humble. Um, Your nose is growing. Really? Well, that's that's because I'm getting older. Isn't the nose the only thing that doesn't stop growing? Mm, I don't know. I've heard a story about a a little boy named Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. I'm related to him. His nose grows when he lies. (laughs) Start lying about everything. I'm related to Pinocchio, actually. (laughs) Liza Minnelli is my best friend. (laughs) Dude, okay, besides being a comic, apparently, um, one of the like the most creative in the recording studio music producers that I know, and I actually take a lot of influence from the way that you produce things um, in the studio, like your sounds and the way that you piece together songs. I think it's kind of cool. And I'm like, what would Jake do here? So I start putting together production. He's shaking his head. No, he's saying bullcrap to me, but it's not. I, I 100% honesty right now. Okay, he's telling you things he doesn't even tell me. 
Well, because that'd be weird. I don't know. I don't want to inflate your ego. I love you. I got to keep you in the corner. Come kiss me. You're my, <laughs> you're my secret weapon. Um, <laughs> dude, but I mean, you and I have actually co-written songs together, but you are a songwriter uh, with Shoalsville Music. You are a singer and a guitarist for As We Ascend, um, the sexy face of As We Ascend. No offense, Justin. Um, <laughs> he looks at me cross-eyed. I don't know. I think most people would disagree, but I pre- it's, your opinion is the only one that matters right this moment. Thank you. That's, that's right. Um, formerly of the band We As Human, um, you've toured nationally on all the big stages with all the coolest bands, the bands that I'm a fan of. Um, I envy that lifestyle. Um, so, as well as a mixer, engineer, and a producer, and you own a recording studio in the fabulous state of Tennessee. But one of my favorite things about you, Jake Jones, you look at me with surprise and anticipation, is the fact that you are a huge lobbyist for male skirts. Listen, okay, let's be honest. It's 2018. Why aren't men wearing skirts? That's a great I'm question. Jake. Being serious right now, okay? Uh, they used to be called a kilt. Um, <laughs> the design on it's all that's different, right? If it's just if it's plaid, you're fine. Let's get down to brass tacks here. It's a skirt, okay? And <laughs> some men look good in plaid. Some men, like myself, don't. What if I want to wear a kilt, but I don't want to wear plaid and I don't want to wear green? Solids and stripes, bro. Right? I want to wear a solid black skirt. They're nice and cool in the summer. They let the breeze in. It's I, I Women get to do it. Why can't men do it? I can't believe I just said that. I'm going to... Just rewinding. Nothing like a nice gabardine black skirt <laughs> in the middle of summer. <laughs> <laughs> And that's been your episode of the Turned Up Podcast. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh, that hilarious face in front of me. Mr. Robert Venable. Uh, he's a Grammy-nominated, Dove Award-winning engineer, producer, songwriter, drummer for the band As We Ascend. He's also a songwriter on Shoalsville Music Publishing with myself. Shout out to Chad Green. Hello, Chad Green. And Shoalsville. Uh, he's also a guitarist, and I'm not really a guitarist. And uh, I'm learning guitar. As what usually happens in my life with everyone around me, I've shown him a couple of dumb little things on guitar, and in two months he'll be a thousand times better than me, which That's, is you're not necessarily saying much. But, your mistake, Jake. Um, he's also an amazing friend, one of my best friends in the entire world. Um, so thank you, uh, tell Robert. Me, tell me more about me. Robert has many accolades. Um, in fact, he was just, uh, he was just taking a photo of his studio and I was like, Hey, take a picture of your award. He's like, I don't really have any awards with a freaking gold record sitting behind your face. I forgot um, about that. And then behind that, a, a number one plaque. And then right beside that, uh, uh, what, what, which one is that one for? Is that for, uh, best this one best is song of the year or this? best new band of the year? Um, I can't. rock album of the year. Ro- oh, rock album of the year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for As We Ascend, the band he plays drums for and songwrites for. I'm also looking at a Mix Magazine article that's framed here that he was in. Mm. Uh, also, I just had a feature in Sound on Sound and at the Nashville Music uh, Expo was a oh, was a yeah. featured speaker. Thank and you. I had a, a friend of mine, international friend, who uh, who called me up last week. And I haven't told you the story yet. He called I'm me up and said, interested. he said, uh, hey, um, so you know Robert Venable, right? I said, yeah, we're like, we're close friends. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm an avid reader of Sound on Sound. And I open it up and lo and behold, there is his face. Wow. So yes, the guy is everywhere. Uh, he's worked with, um, I think what your gold record right there is for your work with Kelly Clarkson. Uh, he's worked with Megadeth, 21 Pilots, Mute Math, 
DMX, Rough Riders, D12. I could just keep going. Please don't. Um, Thank you, though. However, as amazing as all of those things are about Robert and as an amazing person he is, um, one of the coolest things about him and a, and a you know hashtag did you know, uh, Robert actually raises alpacas, um, but not just any alpacas. These alpacas are bred specifically to hunt earthworms used specifically for fishing bait and nothing else. Right. And you just bought what, like an acre of land to, to get a couple more alpacas. Is that right? Um, to get about 20 more alpacas because you can live 20 per acre. Um, without, you know, I I didn't realize that you're up with all the regulations. I suppose I just learned it. Um, I also just learned that I am an alpaca farmer, so I have to figure out what I'm doing here. Um, the earthworms (laughs) thing I've been doing for decades, right? Um, that's basically a God given thing. Centuries, really century. (laughs) I was thinking, yeah, it's a, What's a minute among years? Um, I don't even know what that means. I made up that phrase. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, but but yeah, I, I, I've I've developed my farm, my family and I, and we all put on, put on our galoshes and our wading pants because you have to keep at least half of the acre completely underwater. Um, a lot of people don't know about earthworms and how they like to swim at first at birth, and then they migrate their way in like a little evolution stage of their own. Which the same could be said for alpacas, right? They um, like to swim at birth. Certain breeds. And then as they... A lot of water births in the alpaca community. Hatch out of their cocoons, they... Right, or eggs, depending on what kind of alpaca you have. Okay, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but, but the earthworms are all live birthed and um, hand-delivered. I've got my kids out there doing those because uh, they're relative in size to that. So okay. I I, uh, I hatch the, egg, the alpaca eggs slash um, cocoons. And Training your children to be uh, earthworm midwives? Yeah, you train... <laughs> teach a man to hatch earthworms and they'll eat for a lifetime or something like that. (laughs) Close (laughs) enough. I believe that's the quote. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, newsflash, actually, Jake, Avril Lavigne is dead. Wait, what? She just released a song. No, someone did. Well, it was Avril Lavigne. That's what they want you to believe. It's like a killer song. I've heard it. That is a killer. Funny choice of words you used there. So rumor has it that Avril Lavigne is actually dead and has a a body double doing all of her stuff right now. Her albums, her songs, her appearances, everything. Okay, I've heard some conspiracy theories about artists and music, but I haven't heard that one. Um, That's a relatively new, well, not relatively new. It's been around a few years, but but not as popular or as, you know, well-known as the Elvis thing we'll get into later. Uh, a Brazilian blog actually started a theory that Avril Lavigne is dead and she was replaced by a doppelganger named Melissa Vandela. That's very specific. I, that is very specific. So obviously there has to be some fact behind this, right? I would hope. <laughs> I would hope they're not just making it a very... I mean, I guess we're going to tell a lie. You want to be very specific with the details so people don't think that you're lying? You know, they say, but which is one of the biggest telltales that someone is lying. Getting over-specific with details? Yes. Well, let me tell you about a story once. I was actually 14 and a half years old. 14 years, 86 days-ish. You're being very specific. I, this is a true story, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> or when people say this is a true story, I promise you, it's probably a good tell that you're lying. Um, they said that, no, they really said that Vandela was hired as a body double to help Avril deal with like the paparazzi and the publicity that she was getting. Um, and then actually when, when Avril died, I don't know how she supposedly died, um, stepped in as Avril. Huh. Um, yeah, and people actually believe this. There are people that are fans of Avril that believe that this is not Avril anymore. So my favorite Avril Lavigne record is her sophomore album, and it has those songs, uh, uh, what, the album was called Under My Skin. Why can't I think of yeah. any of the song titles? Uh, Nobody's Home, Take Me Away. Uh, there's another one called My Happy Ending. 
Huh. So all of those titles actually, I mean, kind of point to the end of a life, maybe? Um, conspiracy theorists also actually cite a variation um, in her height. She became smaller, shorter, which people don't do unless they're getting really, really, really old. Um, maybe like, she's really, 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 really old. Maybe she has the Benjamin Button disease. Oh, you should have seen how tall I was back in my mid-hundreds. <laughs> 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 but also the saying that her skin blemish patterns don't match up. Um, like some birthmarks and beauty marks that she have don't line up on some pictures. I just want to know who's providing these facts exactly. Who is memorizing Avril Lavigne's scars and uh, Bl- skin blemishes? blemishes? Her blemish patterns. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but but the article actually cites 12 different signs that prove that Avril is dead. All right, let's and hear them. You want to name them all? You, you have a list here. I'm going to share it with you. But um, you, let's just go down the list. Um, number one, different faces, mainly the nose. And this has been confirmed by experts. Experts doing air quotes. All right. Uh, number two, her height change, which we talked about, uh, of course. Yeah, you just don't. You don't get shorter. That's not a thing. Um, her voice, like listen to complicated and listen to I'm with you. Two totally different types of voices. Yeah, but people's voices change over time. That's what they say. Um, of course, the subliminal messages, the song titles, all that kind of thing. Right. Um, Evan left the band in the year that Under My Skin was released and uh, made a song saying that he lost his best friend, Avril. Hmm. This is starting to look weird. A little fishy. Uh, so her handwriting changed at the same time and, uh, she started using a new autograph. That's weird. Uh, what about number seven? Abrupt and sudden change of personality, like the way of being and her style, etc. Who, again, who knows this? Like you, the source would have to be someone very close, I would imagine. Okay. Number eight, original Avril using air quotes again, said she would never wear cute, fashionable clothes in diva style. She hated singers who did. Uh, who did that preppy style thing? That well, she was one of those like you know skater raw punk chicks. You're I, just saying that because of the song Skater Boy. Yeah, Skater Boy says here later, boy. But, well, I mean, but she was. She was one of those like you know against the machine type people. Uh, I, I, I liken her to um, uh, Haley from Paramore. Just that kind of punk rock chick, just against the machine. I don't know. And let's see here, number nine. Original Avril, I like calling her original Avril, uh, <laughs> said she would never display her body to cameras. Mm, she changed that. Obviously. Well, the new Melissa did. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> Melissa. Uh, number 10, original Avril said she would never join uh, pop style with dancers doing choreography on stage. Well, they didn't interview Melissa for this, so I don't blame original Avril for that. <laughs> <laughs> Number 11, when questioned on the subject, she evaded and was clearly embarrassed. The interviewer insisted and called her a clone, and she was silent and lowered her head. That's weird. Well, but, I, I mean, if it is the real original Avril, and you're being called a clone over and over and over again, you're just like, this is stupid. I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. Uh, number 12, which this was, I mean, this was evidence that you personally cited, was that all her birthmarks were different uh, based on your own personal observations. Right, Robert? Well, if you have you seen my Avril room? Uh, my original Avril room and then my post-Avril room. Yeah, but yeah, you can definitely see the difference if you remember from the first Avril room to the second Avril room. That makes sense. I've only seen your Britney Spears rooms. Um, that wing of the house has been closed for innovations right now. Okay, well, that makes sense. So, uh, the verdict on that one, I think Avril's still alive. Avril, tweet me. I do too, but I wonder if I just think so because I had never heard that theory before. It's like not as popular. I mean, it all started from a Brazilian fan site, which is just that, a fan site. And of course, 
if you want something to talk about, if you want your your blog points or your post points for the for the forum, you're going to post something that inspires a lot of people to reply to it. So you get all your thumbs up, thumbs down things. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, But a lot of other like publications have cited that like the sun and all that kind of stuff, which I mean, however reputable those are. Um, it's, it's grabbed some attention. So I don't know. Hmm. So, uh, so Avril Lavigne is dead, uh, and someone else is dead too. And I actually heard about this one from you. Oh, first time ever. Wow. Uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah. Rest, uh, rest in peace, Paul songwriter and singer, uh, and bassist for the Beatles, as well as the band wings. That's what they say. I actually, I don't know where I'm at with this. I love conspiracy theories, Jake. You know this. Mm-hmm. I, I love the whole moon landing thing. I love like the Illuminati stuff. I love a whole bunch of the Denver airport. Look that one up. There's a lot of things I like about conspiracy theories. I like the idea of researching it and the idea like, what if? I don't know. It's just fun. It's, it's entertaining to me. But the Paul McCartney one, I, if I had to right now put my name on one side or the other, I'd probably say he's alive. But I would tell people like in conversation, I don't think so. Yeah. So, right. Just for, just for conversation's sake. Yeah. Uh, there are, there's a couple of conspiracy theories on this list that I actually side with. This is not one of them. And it's not really because I, I have any sort of interest, uh, in, you know, any sort of investment in one side or the other. It's just the evidence that, that people have for it to me is kind of like, meh. Right. Um, so Time Magazine actually posted an article uh, all about different conspiracy theories. And and this particular one uh, that I'm referencing is titled Paul is Dead. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, looking at it, we would have to think, you know, he never wrote the song. Maybe I'm amazed. Uh, he never formed the band Wings. Uh, he never clashed with Yoko Ono, became <laughs> a vegetarian or fathered any of his children. Uh, Queen Elizabeth must have knighted someone else. Uh, and not the real Paul McCartney. Back in the late 90s. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, the conspiracy theorists actually believe that he died in 1966. Whoa, and that's that, like way back. Right, well, right. I mean, if you think, uh, the Beatles hit hard in 64 and broke up in 1970, so, or six, 69 or 70. Um, I'm kind of embarrassed, actually, I don't know that answer. But, so 66 would have been right in the middle of Beatlemania, and I can I can at least understand the motive, right? Like your band is doing amazing. You're raking in millions of dollars in a point in time when tens of thousands of dollars a year was a lot of money. And there are a lot of people slash corporations slash record label executives and people who are depending on this income because of their investment in the band already um, that they're raking it in. Of course, they're going to want it to continue. So I could see why not wanting to stop and say, band has a breakup because one of our band members died. However, a band member dying right in the middle of the band, you know, be already being huge and then replacing them and no one noticing at the time. That's a little weird, but people claim it. I heard that there was back when Paul was alive, a lookalike contest um, and the winner, you know, like who looks the closest to the Beatles or whatever. And there was like a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. And then whoever won that contest ended up being who we know as Paul McCartney now. And a lot of people like, like huge fans of the Beatles still can't tell the difference. But if you look at pictures from back then and you look now, I don't know. 
Really? I, I, so there really was a competition. That's what I heard. I mean, I wasn't there. I was doing something else that day. <laughs> <laughs> to go grocery shopping or something. <laughs> Pick up some artichokes. I really thought I looked like him too. Uh, I put on, I took off my gray hair. And, you tried. Yeah. Had a black wig. Put on gray. your anti-wrinkle cream back in 66 or uh, 60, whatever. 60, yeah, whenever that was before he died. So, um, so yeah, you're right. They do say that they found this guy who looks like him, sings like him, had the same jovial personality, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, no blah, that's a blah. Lot of, that's a lot of, that's a lot of coincidences. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot you have to get out of one person. Like not only does he have to look like Paul McCartney, he also has to sound like him when he sings and talks and have the same personality. Well, like, come on and be close to the same age, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, but the theory is that eventually the guilt of this cover up started to get to the Beatles and they started slipping out little clues. Yeah. Well, they said he died in a car accident and that all these little like lyrics in, in, okay, what was it? Strawberry fields or something? Um, where it says I buried Paul at the very end of it. Uh, yeah, supposedly I buried Paul. Um, strawberry fields forever. Yeah. Lennon said the phrase was actually cranberry sauce. Um, but which makes sense. I buried Paul, cranberry sauce, same same amount of syllables, sauce, uh, Paul. I mean, why wouldn't you say cranberry sauce at the end of a song? I, I know I always do. I love cranberry sauce. <laughs> I don't even like cranberry sauce, actually. Whatever. You just said that. You, you were literally just playing me a track that you wrote for a high-profile hip-hop artist. And at the very <laughs> end is you singing the words cranberry sauce. I didn't even sing it. At the very end, I just go, cranberry sauce. <laughs> That's like my DJ name, my producer name. <laughs> Cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce on the track, 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 track. Okay, so um, so these little clues, and this is where it really kind of starts to lose me. Um, <laughs> Paul uh, is dead. Well, so the song in the song uh, Tax Man, I am the tax man. Um, George Harrison gave his, quote, advice for those who die. Talking about Paul. Again, that's a stretch. Uh, but they say that the entire Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band album uh, was just full of Paul is Dead clues, right? Right. Um, they formed a new fictional band uh, featuring a fictional member named Billy Shears. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Who's that? Possibly the Paul McCartney lookalike? Maybe. Um, oh, there was a... Uh, uh, there was the song A Day in the Life, uh, which had the lyric, he blew his mind out in a car. That's where they See? get that he died in a car crash. Um, or killed himself in a car. Uh, oh, and if you... Uh, what, um, if you take the, like, the Sergeant... You're talking about the Sergeant Pepper like cover, album cover? Well, the, there's like one of the songs, or maybe it's that same song, if you play it backwards or something, oh, you can yeah. hear John Lennon saying, Paul is dead, miss Paul him, miss him. Dead. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. I Dude, okay, so if you take the Sgt. Pepper's, uh, like the album, and the words Lonely Hearts on the drum logo can be read as uh, 111X, he die 111. I don't know, man. Kind of creepy. Uh, it's creepy. Yeah, I. Mm. All right, so like the Abbey Road cover, um, which everybody knows, the iconic one, where they're all crossing Abbey Road on that like, crosswalk, and all four of them are, you know, in step or whatever. Right. Um, so John, George, and Ringo forwent all pretense and pretended to cross the street as a funeral procession. And John wore all white, like a clergyman. 
uh, Ringo the Mourner, dressed in all black, George donned jeans like a gravedigger, and Paul wore no shoes because he didn't need them because he was dead and walked out of step from the others. So I do think that that's interesting. I mean, of course, it's fun to entertain these thoughts. But does that mean that he's dead? I don't I don't know. I to, to me, this is one of the conspiracies on our list where it holds some water. The industry was so fragile and so malleable at that point where bands like this didn't exist. There weren't super bands. There weren't bands making millions of dollars yet. Like this was one of those bands that just first like blew up the scene. And so with this much writing on such a huge power, and we've talked about before, um, it's not just musical. There's, there's politics involved. There are hundreds of people involved in this this industry that are directly affected, um, much less indirectly affected. And financially, when that gets involved, if if it all comes crashing down, pun intended, to to nothing, that income is just cut off. And then what? Like, where are the people going? I will say the 60s and 70s is just awash with tons of conspiracy theories of, you know, 112263, of course, is the JFK assassination. And There's a lot of great documentaries on that one. Um, and the show, 112263. And the one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly called that. Which is amazing. But... Um, the, uh, so I, I, I do get that, you know, there were spies, there was everything going on. What, what was the drug experiment with the CIA? I can't think of what it's called. The LSD stuff? Yeah. Um, there was a name for it. Anyway, uh, a lot of that stuff's been proven. There's actually been like criminal convictions and things. So I could see, I could, I would call it plausible, but believable. Well, that's why I said it holds water. I mean, it potentially could have happened. Well, let's just look at it this way. If Paul is really dead, then his imposter is running amok right now. Uh, he met and married Linda Eastman, uh, who he had four kids with, uh, lost her to breast cancer in 98. He yeah. released a live album in 93 called Paul is Live. Why would you call it that? <laughs> Likely story. <laughs> Uh, he produced more than 20 solo albums. I mean, that's not even counting the ones he released uh, with Wings, the where he had his number ones. We talked about with Seth Mosley. Episode two. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, he endured a horrible divorce with Heather Mills, which may or may not have made him wish he was dead. <laughs> uh, or at least maybe he was still... Billy Shears. Billy Shears. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so whoever the real Paul McCartney is... Um, I think we do know. I, don't I think know. he is the real Paul McCartney. That's what I think. I don't know. That's what. That's my opinion. I don't know. Paul, tweet me. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that for everybody from now on. <laughs> Stevie Wonder, tweet me, dude. I, he probably could. Okay, so, he can read, right? So is that, this is, is that one, where you're going with this. That's exactly where we're going with this one. Um, I kind of do believe this one. I believe that Stevie Wonder is not blind. I've seen I've seen a couple of videos, probably the same ones you have, where yeah. he like catches a mic stand that's falling, just yeah. reaches out and catches it. Right, and that's one of the big things that skeptics have um, started calling him out on because he knocked uh, like Paul McCartney. We were just talking about you know Billy Shears um, knocked over a <laughs> mic stand. <laughs> he knocked over a mic stand during a performance at the White House, and somehow, by a miracle of God, I'm guessing Stevie Wonder reaches out and grabs the mic stand. You know. How do you grab the mic stand that's falling if you can't see, and then up like puts it back upright um, before it falls? And there there are videos on this. You can Google it. Well, I mean, they say whenever you're missing one of your primary senses, your other senses, uh, you know, enhance. So maybe his spidey sense. Real quick, in. listen to this mic stand fall. Yeah, that 
that sounded like a toot, but that wasn't. Oh, that was I caught it. Oh, okay. That was my chair squeaking. Um, no, you, you Likely can't. story. <laughs> are you going to hear a mic stand fall during a performance? No. Yeah, of course. So are you going to see a mic stand fall maybe? Maybe. Yeah. If, if you're not blind. <laughs> that's exactly right. There's also a photo of Stevie looking through a viewfinder of a camera, apparently taking a picture. Maybe he was just being funny. Oh, I, I would do that. That's something I would do. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, okay, so I actually just recently heard about this one. There is footage of Stevie Wonder's 60-second birthday wish uh, to film for TMZ, which right. yeah, the, might be difficult to do. Yeah, he looked right at the camera, man, the TMZ guy. And I just started like giving... It was weird. I don't get it. I don't know how you know that that guy has a camera. It wasn't planned. He's just walking, and all of a sudden, start turns and starts talking to a camera. So there's actually a hashtag, right? Like a Like you can look... <laughs> Look this up. Yeah, this all inspired, like it spawned the whole hashtag Stevie ain't blind thing. So uh, if you if you probably type that into your social media um, networks, you'll see some interesting photos and tweets and grams. Do you that. follow the Stevie Wonder uh, I, I Instagram account? One. Yeah. No, no, I don't. <laughs> it's hilarious. Dude, that's probably so bad. It's not. It's just pictures what? of blackness. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. That's like the Helen Keller stuff, right? That's so bad. Which I follow on Twitter, which is equally hilarious. It is really funny. I'm pretty sure we're going to go to hell because of that. Um, but man, humans, we're interesting creatures. Um, I, I I do believe that he can see. Oh, but there's something else. He said that he was going to make this huge announcement that would blow people's minds, um, which I guess still hasn't happened because my mind's still in one piece. But he said that he was going to make some huge announcement that might shock some people. Like, he was rumored to have gone blind because he was born prematurely, like, whenever he was born. I don't know how many years ago that was. Um, but I remember it like it was yesterday. He, uh, <laughs> he he was born with some complications. They said that that's what caused him to be blind. Um, and then there were some other incidents later in life where he lost his, like, sense of smell or something like that, which ended up coming back. I don't know. But, yeah, so he said – he made this announcement saying, hey, I've got something that may shock you guys. It's a miracle. And we're all like, we already know, Stevie, you can see <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why he hasn't announced he's like you already know i'm just telling you man i don't know i think that one i do believe that he can see uh yeah okay the video is pretty convincing it is Go i look must it up. say i must say um so there's another one on this list here that i actually again have never heard uh and which is that elvis faked his own death am i weird for never hearing have, having never heard that you do know who elvis presley is right yeah he sings um Right. He and his 13 year old brothers. Yeah. I believe that's Hanson, but that's close. That's close. They uh, both walked upright at one point and may still uh, Mm. walk upright. Okay. Okay. He said, "Mm." Mm. Bop. Uh, Dad jokes. Um, So (laughs) Elvis Presley faked his death. That's what they say. He actually died on August 12th. I'm sorry. Supposedly. He supposedly died August 16th. I'm making updates. 1977 from an overdose. Um, I thought it was a heart attack. Some people are saying like he it was yeah, on the toilet. On the toilet. Yeah. There's, he must have died so many different ways. He just gave up and decided <laughs> to stay alive. I don't know. <laughs> but, but he's rumored to have faked his own death and gone into hiding. I think this is one of the most um, prominent conspiracy theories out there like everybody when you think of music conspiracy theories you probably think elvis is still alive are you just rubbing this on my face right now because i really have never heard this one are you serious i'm serious i've never heard that elvis is still alive everybody let's start a hashtag something like 
I figured the most prominent one was Tupac because that's what I always hear. Like it's like a joke people throw out at the middle, like randomly. Tupac that's, is alive. Yes, because you were alive the same time Tupac was, baby, barely. But and def- you were alive at the same time as Elvis. That makes sense. I was not. <laughs> I was middle aged. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but over like the past forty years, forty one years, fans have insisted that they've spotted Presley out and about. Like they've claimed he's uh, made appearances. Oh, in the film with Macaulay Culkin, um, Home Alone as an extra. I've actually seen the still from that. I don't think he looks like that guy at all. Um, but they actually, this one I'm kind of sold on that. They said that he attended his own 82nd birthday party. Uh, he had like this white beard and was donning dark sunglasses and a big black cap and had a jacket on with his hands in his pocket. Okay. But how many Elvis impersonators are there out there? <laughs> one would say that's a great argument, except for this next fact. They said that um, there are several uh, security guards, which you can see in the photos that are following this particular guy around. How hard is it to hire a security detail? Why would you hire a security detail? So that people think you're really Elvis. What if you are really Elvis? Then you don't hire a security detail. You, you, everybody thinks you're dead. So you just walk around like normal with your shades on and your beard. Jake, don't be ridiculous. I am Elvis. Oh, I'm I, trying to cover all this <laughs> stuff right now. Your beard color is great for being 80 something years old. It's kind of red. Um, a Gallup poll conducted in the late 90s found that only 4% of Americans thought Presley was alive, while 93% of those surveyed um, percent of those surveyed said that he was dead, which leaves a 3% margin of error, error or like, you know, inconclusivity. So let's say 7% total, 4 plus the 3% say that Elvis is still alive. Oh, so you're going to be. You're going to go ahead and throw the extra 3% on the Give it to the underdog. So maybe this is why I've never heard of it, because everybody thinks... Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and I got a huge announcement for all of you songwriters out there. The Song Chasers commercial songwriting course is now available, and you can get it for a special deal at turneduppodcast.com slash Seth, just like my name, S-E-T-H. This is a comprehensive course in commercial songwriting for anyone who wants to be a part of writing a hit song. Again, go over to turneduppodcast.com slash Seth. Everything you need to know about commercial songwriting, turneduppodcast.com slash Seth. It's redonkulous. Okay, let's get a little deeper into this. Some people say that Elvis Presley had ties to the mafia. Let me explain. Um, There's a woman named Gail Brewer Giorgio. She uh, wrote a book uh, in the late 80s, a best-selling book called Is Elvis Alive? And recalled in a recent interview with Time magazine how she poured through the like literally thousands of FBI documents um, to come to the conclusion that Presley had gone into the witness protection program. So now that wouldn't actually surprise me. Uh, you know, big music guy, rock and roll star, getting involved with the mob back then, 50s. It's not that weird. But I still don't. It's plausible. No, he's still faking his death. <laughs> I don't know. She says, and I quote, Do I know if Elvis is alive today? No, I don't know. But I do know he did not die on August 16th of 1977. Really? I wonder if she's with him. Um, she said that the FBI enlisted Presley as an undercover agent in 1976 to help infiltrate a criminal organization called the Fraternity, which was made up of dozens of racketeers. The agency had approached Presley because of one of the fraternity members, um, had dealings with Elvis over the sale of an airplane he had. And when Elvis was found to be a mole, he was put into the witness protection program. So Elvis faked his own death because he was going to be killed. And then there was no doubt about it at that point. Um, but there's no mention of Presley aiding the FBI in the more than 760 files the federal agency had released pertaining to Elvis between 1956 and 1980. 
The FBI never investigated Presley, but a folder in his name was created because he was the target of several extortion attempts the FBI had probed. Stay with me here. The release documents outline the extortion cases, and they also show Presley's admiration for the FBI. That's what a nice guy. Um, there's also mention of Presley's plane. Interesting. There's facts starting to line up here. In a business arrangement involving the aircraft. Okay. But Elvis experts say the docket lacks information um, that actually contains evidence showing that Presley is um, alive. Well, I mean, this woman could have read these documents and then fabricated a story I mean, to kind of make, you know what I mean? She actually said that she's never met Elvis, doesn't own a single Elvis album. She's just there to try to find facts over his death. So hmm. it might be interesting that she's not like a super fan, you know, like one of those I cry at every Elvis concert things. Um, anyway. All right. So there's this guy named Patrick Lacey, which was a self-proclaimed Elvis researcher. And he says, quote, all of the evidence points to a death. The medical evidence, the eyewitness report to have him faked his own death would have required the silence and the services of literally hundreds, if not thousands of people over the years. Which is also the same argument for a lot of conspiracy theories, including the moon landing. True. Which someday we'll make it there. (laughs) So here's another interesting, like, point of evidence saying that he faked his death um, or is still alive. Priscilla's slip up. In 2005, in an interview on the Oprah show, Elvis's wife Priscilla Presley addressed how her late husband spoiled their daughter Lisa Marie. In the clip, Priscilla appears to be saying it's exactly what he said the other day before correcting herself. Oh, I mean what you said to the talk show host. That could have just been a slip up. Um, why would you slip up with the wrong pronoun like that? It happens all the time. I get called the dog's names. We never say things that are wrong. Do you? <laughs> she doesn't. I didn't think so. <laughs> I tried to throw in all the pronouns I know. That doesn't make any sense. I well, you, you missed Zer and Zim and... Oh, well, let's not go to all the pronouns. They and... All right, there's another error. He's got a tombstone because he quote unquote died, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they say that, like, if you look at it, his you middle... because he did? That's what they say. They said, they spelled his middle name wrong. His middle name's Aaron, but it was spelled A-R-O-N. On his tombstone, it's A-A-R-O-N, because they're saying, well, that would be like a big, you know, no-no. Like, uh, what's the word? He's not really dead. He's not really so dead. You don't, don't want to, like, really commit to that. So they put A-A-R-O-N. But something that proves that wrong would be... Later in life, Elvis actually started spelling it A-A-R-O-N. So I don't know. I don't know, like, the legalities of faking your death and how you're supposed to spell it on your tombstone. <laughs> Lame excuse. Whatever. Maybe you'll maybe you'll know soon. Um, I may or may not, depending on how my application to the Witness Protection Program is received. <laughs> my middle name's not Aaron, but please spell it with three A's. Three, One a- more a- than Elvis. A-A-R-O-N. A-A-R-O-N. A-A-A-Ron. A-A-A-Ron. Like, triple A. So, Ron. Elvis is still alive. <laughs> yep. Glad you know that. But someone who is not... Tell me. Kurt Cobain. All these conspiracy theories have to do with people dying and pretending that they're not dead. Well, of course. It's easy. It's like, it's an easy target for conspiracy theorists. That's what they say. Yeah, so, Kurt Cobain... Uh, most people know that he died in 1994, and I feel like the general consensus is, at least according to uh, the Seattle police or the the police department, uh, where his body was found, uh, he died from a suicide. Gunshot wound to the head. 
Um, end of story. The pictures Case. have been released. You can look at them now online. If Case you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear my favorite Kurt Cobain lyrics? <laughs> Mosquito. <laughs> you know, you're not far off from the actual lyrics. Uh, my favorite thing about that song is that it doesn't mean anything. I know. We talked about this a little bit before. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Man, we'll, we'll talk about it more when we have coffee with him next week. Oh, sorry. He's dead. No, but uh, so so Kurt Cobain is dead. That's not disputed. But how he died is widely disputed. In fact, there's documentaries all over the place. I watched one last year on Netflix called Soaked in Bleach, um, a play on words with his uh, one of their album titles. Yeah, Bleach. Right. Um, and uh, and this is one I think I might actually believe. So so the theory uh, goes that he that he was murdered by a hitman that his then wife, Courtney Love, hired. Um, or that she may have even murdered him herself. I don't think she did. I think she hired somebody. Um, she likes her fingernails too much. <laughs> so the belief is that she was afraid he was about to divorce her, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, and so uh, if he was dead, then she would, before he had an opportunity to change his will and leave her, all that kind of stuff, then uh, then she would inherit his fortune. It's all about the money. All about the money. And, I mean, it's not that difficult to learn about Courtney Love. You can look her up, watch interview, anything. You know, she's a, she's a little bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, but, like, what evidence do you have about this? Okay, so there's actually quite a bit of, of evidence. Um, so one of the first thing is the suicide note. Um, you can read it. Again, it's online. And you can see clearly there's one type of handwriting and then it changes drastically it, it looks like he's switched from writing with his right hand to his <laughs> left hand it really does um so if you look at the handwriting if you look at the first chunk of handwriting um that's supposedly his uh it, it it's really kind of ambiguous it could be talking about suicide or it could be just talking about getting ready to divorce her uh courtney his yeah. wife yeah um, the other bit of handwriting is where it starts to really sound like, um, suicide. Um, and if you want to look it up, you can, you can Google it. It's all over. You find tons of images of it. I won't, I won't read it or anything, but, um, that's one thing. Something else, uh, is that he had a lot of heroin in his system. Yeah. Um, and really a lot of experts have said far too much heroin to have even been able to pick up a gun and, and shoot himself. Right. Um, and not even... And too much heroin to even be conscious. Um, I've even heard from some people that it was a lethal dose of heroin. So I could have killed him right there. He could have died from that, and then somebody just shot him to make it look like a suicide. I that's, don't know. That's weird. Like, so speaking of shooting him, like that's one of the biggest pieces of evidence that I think has you know going against this as being a suicide is that he used a rifle. Like, remember, like there's a whole bunch of talk about how he used the rifle and it was the, the angle you'd have to hold the trigger to shoot it and the way he was holding the gun the angle like it doesn't match up well so the there courtney love made this comment about melting down kurt's guns and some people misconstrued that to mean that particular gun or that maybe the police no the the rifle that he used is still in uh the the police department's possession um and there's actually photos of the police holding the gun in different positions. That, right. It's a shotgun. Yeah. Um, to, to show that that actually is plausible. He could have yeah. shot himself, but that is a big piece of evidence that, that people still claim. 
Um, another thing, uh, so he died in April of 94, but March, so just the month before that, um, he he wound up uh, in the hospital from an accidental overdose. And Courtney Love told a lot of people uh, that it was a suicide attempt. Hmm. Um, but the doctor actually says, no, it didn't look like a suicide attempt. Literally, he just took too many drugs. Um, but the idea is that, you know, if she says it was a suicide attempt, starting to lead up to the story, right. Might make him look suicidal and depressed and all that kind of stuff. So then all of a sudden when he shoots himself a month later, it's like, oh, well we knew that because he just tried to kill himself before. Do you think Courtney had a motive? Like why? I mean, we talked about divorce, but well, yeah. So he had actually just recently changed his will. That makes sense. Uh, to exclude her. Um, so she's just mad or he was, or he was about to change his will either way. Um, it was happening and we don't know only he knew if it was because he was getting ready to divorce her, if he just didn't want her to get everything in his will or if he was planning on suicide or what. Um, but that is definitely good motive. Like, I mean, that'll, that'll make you mad. Let me get you before you have an opportunity to sign this. Um, something else that, you know, and this is. I, has been chalked up to conjecture, but I've heard this one a lot, and I don't know if it's conjecture or if it's if it's not. If it might be true, but the door was actually locked from the outside. The room that he was found in, the door was locked from the outside and not the inside. Even if you're going to kill somebody, that's like something you would you know make sure you didn't do. Right. I right, just killed him. Let me just lock that door real quick. Check turn off the lights. Right, yeah, and I don't know what kind of lock. If it was a deadbolt, I mean, obviously, if it was a deadbolt that only locks from one side of the door, unless you have a key, then. Well, just period, from one oh. side of the door, then obviously he couldn't have locked it. Um, but uh, was the door even locked? Was that just something somebody made up? Was it a deadbolt? Did he have a key and he just locked it from the inside? Like, what happened? I don't know. But that's that's the story. Um, another thing, uh, one of his credit cards was used between the time that he, uh, that he would have shot himself. Supposedly. And the time that he was found. And that Interesting. Is a, that is a fact. But also, I mean, his wife had his credit card. She could have used the credit card for something after he. But the I idea is right. The idea is that someone stole it from him after they shot him and then used it. And then and then he was found. Um, something that is very interesting, though, there were no fingerprints found on the gun. How does that work? The pen or the suicide note. Someone wiped him off. That's the theory. You can't wipe off your fingerprints after you're dead. Like you pulled the trigger. That's still there. Unless he used his shirt or something. Well, the, the, the police say that probably what happened is because it was Seattle and it's, you know, humid and rainy and moist in the air, uh, the, just police and everyone around messing with everything. Uh, the fingerprints could have gotten rubbed off. They washed themselves off? <laughs> <laughs> well, from them handling it, you know, with their gloves and there was moisture. So, because all it is is oil. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh, but uh, it's some good points. Um, of course, like with any conspiracy theory, there's there's some like really far out ones. Um, one of those is that the CIA killed him because of his, you know, anti-establishment message that he right. preached in his lyrics. Right. Um, but one that I actually uh, really think is probably the truth. Kurt faked his death because he's a lizard person. That sounds like something that you would believe. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of conspiracies. I just kind of like glossed over those of people being lizard people. There's a lot of those. <laughs> are there really people like honestly, is there a person out there that believes that people are lizards? 
Apparently. Like, I know you can fake it and like, I'm just going to keep saying I believe this for a while. But is there actually someone who thinks, yeah, Kurt Cobain was a lizard? Well, I think that they think that everyone who's a part of the Illuminati is a lizard people. I've, there are lots of videos about that, which is interesting. I saw one of Obama turning into a lizard. <sighs> Definitely was not doctored. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else is alive right now? I do, and this is my favorite one, and definitely one I believe because I've seen the video evidence, and in my opinion, the most famous one. This is the one that I remember when it happened, and um, I was kind of into hip hop uh, with my buddies growing up, and this was, yeah, it was an interesting one because there's a lot of Bloods versus Crips thing um, in the hip hop community, especially then. Um, Tupac Shakur. They, uh, what we do know is that September 7th in 1996, the year of our Lord, uh, Tupac Shakur and Suge Knight, uh, the then CEO of Death Row Records, attended a Mike Tyson fight in Vegas at the MGM Grand. Um, in the lobby of the casino, Shakur had a little run-in with Orlando Anderson, which is one of the Crips members. Again, Tupac being a blood. He actually wasn't a blood. Um, we'll get into it in a moment, but I, I, I learned more he about... He always wore like the red bandana around his head. Like he's got famous pictures of him. With, like, uh, true story. Tupac was in jail. Suge Knight offered to pay for his appeal in exchange for three albums. And so when he joined Death Row Records uh, for this exchange, um, he automatically was drafted into... Suge Knight's gang, which was, uh, what were they called? Uh, they had a name. Um, Dude, I thought he was a blood. I'll have to find it. And they were a rival gang, uh, but earlier in the day, uh, this guy, uh, Orlando, um, had tried to rip off one of the uh, death row like pendants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, Tupac um, would recognized the guy at the MGM and went back and was like, yo, what the heck was were you doing at the mall? Like and and basically him and his crew beat up the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. They had like a little little skirmish there in the lobby before it got broken up and then um Shakur and Sugar Knights like like after their entourage got they they just left. Like they broke it up, security broke it up, police were like cut this out, this is not the place for it. Um so they left. And uh, Tupac and Suge headed out to Club 662, which was owned by Suge Knight at the time. Um, and on their way to the club, a white car, white Cadillac, actually pulled up next to them at a stoplight on the passenger side. And someone fired 14 shots into the car, hitting Tupac four times. It was like two in the chest, one in the arm, one somewhere else. And then a bullet fragment sh- like shot up and hit Suge Knight. That was the only thing that hit Suge. Um, otherwise, he's pretty much unscathed. And uh, Tupac was taken to the hospital where doctors found him, um, you know, barely conscious. And they kept him alive for six days. And then his mom decided, you know, no more treatment. Let's pull the plug. Um, And with her words, said that he wanted to exit quietly, which is kind of interesting. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, The media actually blamed Notorious B.I.G. They put their spin on it, like they always do, saying uh, that, you know, Tupac Shakur's former friend and East Coast rival, the notorious B.I.G. had something to do with it. Um, another story put the blame on Suge Knight, which is an interesting twist. Uh, they said that's like a sour relationship between Death Row Records CEO and his rising star. Um, theorists uh, believe that Shakur was ready to leave the label and start his own label. And so Suge Knight orchestrated his murder, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, 
you know what the 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 Crips actually took ownership of the death. They said straight up that uh, it was it was just a run of the mill. You're just everyday neighborhood uh, gang retaliation gang murder thing, um, and that that it was a you mess with me, we mess with you. And in fact, um, what I understand is. Tupac may not have even been the intended target. It could have been Suge Knight as the head of, of his gang. Um, like, why would four bullets hit him and nothing really direct? Nothing did hit directly hit Suge Knight. Like, if you're shooting fourteen shots, one of them would hit your target. Well, I don't know. It's two cars beside each other, stoplight. You're nervous. Tupac's on the passenger side, right in the line of fire. If you're just randomly firing into a car, thinking. I don't know, 14 bullets eventually will hit him. It's not like we're talking about sharpshooters here. Okay, so if your target is Suge Knight, and you find who you know is Suge, or what you know is Suge Knight's car, because you know that, I mean, if you have a target with your intended target in it, you know what he's driving. Otherwise, why would they have stopped next to that car to shoot? You would have pulled onto the side where Suge Knight is. Mm, I mean, these are... <laughs> They're gang guys. Why, who cares if they go to the driver's side or the passenger side? They're going to hit... Suge Knight's not a small guy. Well... And it's Suge Knight's car... You're going to pull to the side where you know you're going to hit Suge Knight. That's your job. We're talking about gang members here. We're not talking about college grads or PhDs or sharpshooters or military veterans. We're talking about people who already have made incredibly wonderful, wise, (laughs) life-smart decisions (laughs) by joining a gang. But, like, what's one of your big requirements in being a gang? Can you shoot somebody? I can. Can you shoot a gun? Like, can you shoot a gun at somebody? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was somebody's like their initiation. Pull up to the car and shoot. Maybe he didn't even know who these people were. I don't know. He was just like, that car right there. Suge Knight's okay. in that car. Also, when uh, one of the biggest things that gangs do is take credit for big things that happen. Just like, um, not even just gangs, but but uh, terrorist cells will take credit for things that are bigger or beyond their control or things they had nothing to do with in order to show power or control and say like, hey, yeah, we did that. Yeah, we did that. That was us. It's an awful big coincidence to have had two run-ins, what, in the same day or within a couple of days of each other between these two Uh, gangs. Same day. Same day. And then a murder. And then that same gang says, yeah, we did it because they screwed with us. So we're going to screw with them. Well, check this out. Uh, just last year, in 2017, Suge Knight stood behind a new documentary about uh, Tupac Shakur's death that claims that Suge Knight's ex-wife, Sharitha Golden, and Reggie Willis Jr., I've actually seen this documentary, who was um, the former head of security for Death Row Records, had actually plotted to hit on him, being Suge Knight, in order to gain control of the label. So they were going to turn on him and say, we want Death Row Records, we're going to kill Suge Knight, but we just killed Tupac. In the line of fire, anyway. Another one of those. But who's going to miss to Suge Knight? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, maybe Tupac's still alive. (laughs) Well, I, you know, I was about to say, I think this is all irrelevant uh, because Tupac is alive. He is Um, living in Cuba. Living in in Cuba. Or somewhere. I don't know where. Maybe Um, Malaysia. There's been all sorts of different uh, articles saying that he's still alive. Um, I think he's, you know, sipping Mai Tais with with Elvis somewhere. so I will say with gangster rap, uh, especially in the 90s, more so than any other time, although I can't say that it's changed much, um, flaunting your wealth and your status and who you are, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's like, that's kind of the core message of the yeah. lyrics. That's and so I, I've I can, got money, I got ladies, I got booze, I got everything, I got cars. So imagine Rari's. now you're, a, you're a, a 
famous rapper or rapist. Rapist. And, As you are. And, uh, <laughs> and now you have to fake your own death and then go quiet for the rest of your life and pretend like it all never happened. He's just in there. Ooh, put me in, coach. <laughs> now, if you go back to what I was saying earlier that he was in prison and Shug Knight, uh, you know, paid for his appeal. And so he got roped into this record deal and all that. I could, I could see why it's like, you know, I didn't even want this life. I got roped into this gang. I just want out. So he fakes his death and gets out. Okay. Right. I don't know. Kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Good. I don't know. Okay. So check this out. You know, and I know being in this industry as producers, um, and musicians, we know that sometimes music is recorded that never gets released. Usually a song or two, maybe three. Yeah, I mean, maybe an album. Like sometimes albums are shelved by the label. Like you cut an album, you think it's the greatest album ever, um, and it just never comes out for some reason or another. And it's that one album because that album gets shelved and then your career's dead. Sure, right, exactly. Um, and you might come up with new stuff later under a new name or if you get out of the label deal, whatever it might be. The point being is sometimes music gets recorded and never released. Um, usually, you know, maybe at most 20 songs. Like if you have a really, really long I'm album saying, and it never comes out. a lot. 12 songs to be, you know, conservative there. But um, so... Right, if it's the 90s. Right. Songs. right. Uh, but since Tupac's death, he has come out with seven albums. Seven whole freaking albums? Are you kidding me? And they're saying that... And they're still saying that he's dead? <laughs> exactly. So they, they say that he recorded this, like, yeah, he's dead. But he recorded all these seven albums, all this music before he passed away. What? And they're just now releasing it over time. I, I don't know, man. That's a lot of music. Do they have. think we're stupid? I, even if Tupac had, is playing us all. Even, right? We lose. Um... Even if he had recorded demos or work tapes for these, that's a lot of work and probably, I'm going to say, error on the side of not happening. Seven whole albums. To be able to come up and polish and mix that many albums, that many songs. Well, I mean, you and I know very well it's what we do for a living, just how much time, effort, work goes into the writing, the pre-production, the production, the editing the mix the everything that goes into making one album and let, let i will say the hip-hop um world is a little different on some of that some of that is a little more off the cuff like in the studio hey i got an idea let's let's write this down let's do this right now producer on the track and you get it done it, it can't yeah, happen if you're dead seven records <laughs> is not gonna happen and not come out why would even while he was alive if he recorded those songs they'd hit somewhere well and if that whole story about getting essentially bailed out of jail is true he only owed three and to well, he fulfilled that so <laughs> um so like we said earlier his mom said uh, he, she chose the words to say tupac chose to leave quietly it's a direct quote she didn't say he died but I mean, I don't know. I don't. If he's dead, no disrespect. No disrespect to his mom. No disrespect to his family. No disrespect to him or any of his friends. But if you're in on the story, right? In you the, in the your spirit words, like, of conspiracy theories, I never said he died. I said he chose to leave quietly. Like if they find him on an island in Cuba. In fact, Suge Knight's son recently posted on Instagram that Tupac is living in Malaysia, along with some, um, you know, posted some photos of Tupac with Beyonce and Fifty Cent. Okay, so I actually saw that article, okay. um, and that, I mean, that was recent. It was in his Instagram story, um, and yeah, the picture, 
it's a, the picture I saw on the website was Tupac with 50 Cent. Okay. And you could tell it's a recent picture of 50 Cent. And the picture of Tupac, it looks legit. It looks like an older Tupac. Which he would be older it's at this point. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm telling you, man. And this is another one I get on board with. I think I think he's alive. Um, because I mean, think, if you have that many people, if your if your world is blowing up in in a bad way, like you find out that people are there to kill you or trying to kill you, uh, you want out of your label deal. Um, you're involved in gang stuff, kind of maybe not willingly, but to do an album, like all this stuff's happening. And you just want to make it disappear. You just wanted to make music the whole time. You just had seven albums of music you needed to put out. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you have the money, which he would have had, you can you can make things happen. And especially in countries like Cuba, which at the time America, United States, did not have a um, a, a good tie with. Uh, we didn't. We had an embargo. Like all this kind of stuff. We couldn't. We there would be no extradition. Yeah, or... you, you were you were there, and you were going to stay there. Um, I don't know much about Malaysia, um, but that's an interesting country to hang out with 50 Cent in. Um, but but you can make it happen. And so that leads me to this next point. Coachella. In uh, 2012, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, the D-R-E, uh, Tupac showed up. And I'm not lying. 100% honesty. I saw this. In hologram form, though. I did see that, yeah. Um... Which I mean, you can it can be done with modern technology and stuff like that. They estimated the cost of that to be one to or one hundred thousand to four hundred thousand dollars just for that appearance. Um, that wasn't even really him. But what if that was him? Not not him. It was a hologram of him. But what if that was his, you know, umbrella company or somebody, mother, whatever, who was making the money off of this, indirectly filtering it to to Tupac like saying uh, hey we can make a hologram of him for blah 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 hundred thousand dollars and Tupac's like yeah, yeah let's do that let's do that I'll film it they can hologram it and put it in I mean cause I would see Snoop and Dr. Dre being the kind of people who would facilitate that and be like that's genius let's do it dude I, I would actually be interested to know where does all his um, the money for his album sales go we should look into that. We should find out where, like, who has his trust in estate. That's a podcast. And then, oh, that's like a one of those True Discovery podcasts. Yeah. The real Tupac. Where are you at? Where are you at, bro? Tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think that that one's plausible. I think that one, there are a lot of holds in that story to know, like, who did what, who didn't do what, where is he? I mean, I don't know. I didn't look much into the funeral of Tupac or like the viewing or casket or was it a closed casket thing? Like, did anybody physically see his body? Right. There's the fake autopsy photo, supposedly. They said that. Yeah. So, I, you know, uh, we talked about the witness protection stuff, the FBI with Elvis. This is one I could believe, especially if you've got involvement with high profile gangs. You've got somebody who's already been incarcerated I mean, you don't know if he's a if he's a mole, you know, and uh, you know I've been, and it's probably just because I've been watching too much Ozark, but um, on it's Netflix, show, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, I, I, it's very plausible that even the FBI would have said, "Hey, here, so here's what we're gonna do." Uh, oh, we just watched uh, White Boy Rick, even. Yeah, great movie. Um, so this what would have been ten years after that? Yeah, 
um, you know, the FBI is saying, look, you you get us some in, intel, get us the information that we need on Suge. Uh, or Suge whomever, Knight, yeah. And, uh, or any of these gangs that you that you know. And we'll help you fake your death and, uh, and, and move you off somewhere else. And then just leave it up to a rapper to, you know, a, a 90s gangster rapper to <laughs> be like, I can't, I can't just let these fools just always think I'm dead, you know, like and start releasing albums. Keep putting out diss tracks. What if he puts out a diss track or something that's towards somebody who... Like Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah, who was not, <laughs> wasn't in the rap game. <laughs> wasn't even alive. At the point that he, yeah, quote unquote died. I don't know. Interesting. He I hated know. Machine Gun Kelly as a baby. <laughs> it's like now Eminem's dissing him too, blah, 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 blah. That'd be a cool rap song from Tupac. Tupac, tweet me, write that song. <laughs> no, we're supposed to, people are supposed to think he's dead. Oh, that's right, sorry. You're spoiling too many well, That's the whole point of the podcast. This is, you and I are in the Illuminati for a reason. I know, the Instagram post that invited us. We're not supposed to tell people. We're going to get Lamborghinis soon because oh, of the secret. Illuminati connection. Right, I only had to, what, I only had to pay him $200,000 and give him the deed to my home? I just gave him the deed to your home too. Wait. I didn't want to, I just was the scam. You told me it was legit. It totally is That's legit. That's why I gave Jake. you my the deed to my home. Too. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Um, <laughs> if anybody has a home, Jake's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> and looking, apparently. And, homeless and looking. Uh, this was a fun one. This was a fun one to research. This is one of those ones that just gets you thinking and hopefully inspires you to go look up some of these things. Um, please go look up the Avril Lavigne one. Uh, Avril Lavigne, please tweet me for real if you're alive. Because we want to know that you are safe and sound. Or if this is Melissa, you can tweet me too. <laughs> no, this really was was a great episode. And these are just some of our favorites. Uh, there are many more conspiracy theories. of um, You know, these ones are are definitely more high profile and, and uh, I think a little more widely known. Uh, that Stevie Wonder one is hilarious. <laughs> what, and, yeah, I want to know which ones we missed. Please tweet us the ones that we missed or, or Facebook us or send us a message or um, fax us. How would they do that? What's our fax number? Our fax number is found at Twitter or Instagram at Turned Up Podcast. And of course, Facebook.com slash Turned Up Podcast. Or on the World Wide Web. Oh, you're at, so old. <laughs> turned Up Nobody Podcast. Calls it that anymore. What do you mean anymore? It just happened. <laughs> TurnedUpPodcast.com. Um, and you can find us there. Also, you can listen to us as you are right now um, on, on your favorite podcasting streaming service. Um, or iTunes Music or Stitcher or we're on um, Spotify Spotify and Podbean and CastBox all the things just, anywhere you listen to podcasts and if you don't listen to podcasts how'd you find us but uh, please rate and review us we do appreciate the five stars if you hate our podcast five stars the worst one you can give us if you love us five star really helps us out a lot um, so give us the five star five star five star <laughs> Uh, but the reviews are funny. If you go through and read the old past reviews, then most of them are making fun of me. We need um, some good, we need some new good ones. There's, we do. I think, uh, they're, they're starting to get a little older cause we took the break. Right. Um, so we need some new reviews. Get on there, write a review. Let's talk about how old Robert is. Be honest, but be funny. That's the requirement. And if you can't be funny, tell us our favorite dad joke or something. Um, dad jokes are always just the best. Google it and leave it in the comments or, uh, in the review, I think it's hilarious. But we couldn't have done this without our patrons. Of course. Uh, huge shout out to Seesaws, uh, Michael J83. Hello, hello. Davin C. Casey, uh, who's putting out some some great music right now. He was in a band called Story of a Ghost that you and I have worked with before. Uh, before. Right, I remember uh, them. Laura Ann, Elise Seven, Samantha Seeger, Natalie B, J. Walter One, 
Josiah 820. And there are probably some new patrons as we speak, but being completely transparent with you, we are pre-recording this episode because Jake, you and I, um, and our band as we ascend are going overseas to record, uh, to not record. Well, maybe record. We're not sure what we're doing over there. We're playing a show, a festival, loud and proud festival at uh, a place called Betzdorf, Germany. And then heading over to Paris for a little bit. So we pre-recorded this one from Nashville, Tennessee. So you guys have something to listen to today. That's right inside of your beautiful studio. Thank you. Um, so a huge thank you to them. Literally, completely possible because of them. Um, and, uh, and thank you all so much for supporting us. If you want to become a Turned Up Podcast patron. It's easy. Uh, what do you do, Robert? You um, pray. But no. when you're done praying, you can... <laughs> It's it's really easy. You just press the uh, go to go to turneduppodcast.com and up in the top right corner of the page you'll see this little menu drop down thing and you can click become a patron. Become a patron and it's super easy. When you sign up you get all kinds of cool things whether it's a shout out on the show, stickers, mugs. We'll even give you the opportunity to record an intro to our podcast which we have a cool one coming up soon. How about coming uh, coming and sitting in on an episode? If you find yourself in Nashville or wherever we happen to be recording, you can come hang out with us in the studio. Of course, getting episode notes as well as the uh, layouts that we that yeah, we like our notes, yeah, the, like our, our our what's the word? Yeah, like our our show notes, our outline that we that we reference the where we put all of our research. Yeah, and you get um, access to some of the things that we might not release publicly that you're listening to right now, but um, also the uncut, maybe slightly unedited versions of the podcast with some cool facts and figures that that we're like, oh man, this might bore the average listener. Let's cut that out. So uh, all these are laid out on the patron site. Go to turneduppodcast.com, top right corner, become a patron. You'll see all the different uh, levels that you can sign up for each month um, for, for all the different cool, fun things. And obviously, we couldn't have done this without our help from Real Sound Productions giving us a platform and the ability to record a podcast so you guys can hear it in your ear holes. Absolutely. A huge thank you to Mr. Venable. Uh, for editing this episode um, and also for your research and your immense, vast, useless knowledge of conspiracies. <laughs> Likewise uh, to you, Mr. <laughs> Jones, <laughs> in your research and editing um, and uh, and mixing on all the other episodes that I'm not mixing and editing. Uh, and, and I do have a vast knowledge of useless information. Um, just ask my wife. You could be cool on Jeopardy. I, well... I'm more of a Wheel of Fortune type guy. Maybe the price is right. I'm horrible at Wheel of Fortune. I'm actually terrible at Jeopardy. Man, I'm not good at Jeopardy at all. You know what I'm really good at? Um, running in socks. Playing Snake on my phone. Dude, I don't want to uh, run my battery down or else I'll be playing Snake too, but I mm. can't. Uh, it's weird to do that on the... I, I'll upgrade from my Nokia soon, but man, the Snake game is just addictive. I know, I keep getting those email messages right on my uh, gateway. But yeah, like your, your, your uh, minutes are running low. <laughs> yeah. I get that notification. I'm like, did I just waste a minute of my data? <laughs> <laughs> Old people joke. Sacks me. Uh, love you guys so much. Of course, uh, we will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, this is Nashville signing out. Robert has pink socks. Peace. I do. True statement. Bye.